0: Hello, and welcome to the Outlier podcast, the podcast for everyone who is interested in building better homes. My name is Anthony, and I am the founder and lead designer of Outlier, and I'm passionate about creating beautiful and high-performing homes. I sit down regularly to chat with industry experts to help educate Australians about the potential of creating healthy, comfortable, and energy efficient homes. Whether you are looking to build your forever home, renovate your existing house, or simply eager to learn more, tune in every month wherever you get your podcasts. We hope you join us on this journey. I've been very fortunate with the journey of this podcast to chat with many experts and knowledgeable people. As new people come to the podcast every week, we want to take all the highlights and helpful information from previous discussions to provide them to you to assist you with your own high-performance home journey. How did you get into the window business?
1: Uh, Look, that's an interesting question. I remember when I was very young and my uh, older brother and I were walking home from school and we walked through a building site. We had to cut through a new building site and there was this big stack of uh, recently delivered windows there. Uh, all glazed and a big stack of bricks next to them Uh, and my brother sort of gave me a nudge and said you know this could be fun so we started throwing the bricks uh through the windows (laughs) and and the builder I don't know where he came from but he caught us and he gave us a a kick up the backside Uh, so it's either I'm just paying penance for doing that I've been in in windows all my life Uh, but I was lucky enough just as a kid uh a friend of mine who used to deliver windows for the company Trend in uh, Bayswater in Melbourne, he uh, he got me a job as a truck jockey when I was about 16. So that's that's actually where I started. And I had you know, many, many different roles at Trend. I was there for about 15 years, uh, ended up uh, as the sales manager there with a bit more education and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I've worked in windows and glass and for the window association basically for about, oh gee, it's about 36, 37 years now.
0: Can you give us a brief little overview of some of the most standard window type?
1: Yeah. So look, in Australia, our most common window and, and still is the predominant window type of aluminium. Uh, so, you know, aluminium sliders, I guess, in the, the northern states uh, and probably in the last you know, ten or fifteen years probably uh, aluminium awning in the uh, in the southern states. Uh, we've always had timber. You know, timber was a fairly big product. Uh, you know, thirty years ago, it's it's still going now, but it, it's certainly uh, that that market share has shrunk. But timber windows very common, and you go and look at any houses, you know, sort of built nineties and back, you'll find lots and lots of timber windows. Uh, UPVC is is one that's now uh, I guess, coming in, well, it's been in the market for a while, but it's actually really starting to grow now for, for lots of different reasons. I guess it's um, most of the UPVC that we're seeing here in Australia are European design. So we're actually talking about, uh, you know, pretty high-performing products. When you look at hardware, uh, how they're designed and so forth, uh, a lot more higher-performing than some of the most basic aluminium and timber products. Uh Fibreglass, very small market here in Australia. I think there's only one or two companies that actually sell fibreglass. But uh, composite windows is another thing that's um, certainly grown, you know, in the last 10 years. We have, you know, some very high performance, uh, you know, European type, but even Australian design products. uh, Aluminium clad timber. uh, And and it's for performance reasons, which I guess we'll discuss as we go through further. But aluminium thermal brakes, another one. Uh, So with energy efficiency, you know, the the aluminium thermal brakes products have have really grown in the last, uh, I guess it's over 10 years. Uh, And most system suppliers actually have a thermally broken system available now. Uh, So that's been, you know, a real change and and, and one that's uh, now pretty common, certainly in the southern states. Uh, And you know upVC is another example there's there's upVC there's a couple of companies that are doing upVC that are aluminium clad externally and so they're they're sort of the most common uh, material types that we're using for windows when you're talking about glass so you know we uh, we basically used single glazed clear you know three mil four mil five mil uh, then you know I, I was around when uh, safety glasses were introduced for doors and uh, side lights and you know bathrooms and so forth then we had and i worked very early with a company that introduced uh or just focused on double glazed uh, so it was a fairly small market then, but you know that has grown massively, particularly in you know Victoria and Tasmania and yeah. colder areas of New South Wales. And it started as just standard, you know, clear air and clear units, uh, but we've then moved towards uh, low E products. So we lo- used low E products as single glazing for a while because there are energy benefits in that over uh, over your just your clear then hard coat lowe so you have got two types of lowes as well hard coat and soft coat uh, so we started off with the hard coats because we were using it monolithically uh, and and it was manufactured here as well as overseas uh, and those uh, those hard coats were also used in uh, insulated glass units so double glazing uh, and that really lifts the performance uh, in a U-value, a, a thermal performance sense. And now just in the last, uh, I guess it's three, maybe four years, we're now seeing the same sort of stuff that they're using uh, in Europe. So, so soft coat low ease. Uh, so it, it took a while for the glass industry to, you know, get the hang of how to use that. It's a bit more complex than the hard coat. You know, you've got to strip it off around the edge work to, uh Attach the spacer bar, so you can then double glaze. But, uh, but the glass companies are all uh, pretty much as a standard now selling the soft coat low E's, yep. and performance-wise, compared to the hard coat, it, it's just a much better product.
0: Could you maybe uh, quickly explain what low E is exactly?
1: Yeah, so low E stands for low emissivity. So if you think, uh, I try to put it in real simple terms. Yeah, this is how I've <laughs> spoken to. To builders about it. If you think about um, so heating, so if you've got your heater running in the house, uh, what you're creating is, uh, is long-wave energy. What that low-E coat does, it's, it's a metallic coating on the glass that you can see through, but what it does is reflect that long-wave energy back into the house. So where just clear glass would let a lot of that through, it reflects reflect mm. some back. Yep. The lower coating actually reflects a whole heat back more. So when you've got the heater going in the house, it's actually staying within the house rather than going through the windows. Yeah. And in a in a cooling sense, so in a hotter climate, if you think about outside, you've got the energy coming from the sun, <clears throat> so shortwave energy, and it's hitting, you know, pavements and roads and so forth. Uh some of that uh, material is actually absorbing that energy and then reflecting it back out as long wave. So if you're in a hot climate and you've got, you know, lots of paths and stuff outside, you've got all this long wave energy trying to come in to your house. So you've got the cooler on inside. A clear glass will let that all come in, well, not all, but quite a lot of it come in and through. So it's heating up your house. Yeah. What that low e coating then does is actually reflects that long wave energy back outside so it, so yeah. it doesn't let as much through so so it simp- simply it, it actually improves the u value
0: yeah i see a, a huge improvement on the performance of windows just by having that low e-coding and um what you've just described there i just wanted to maybe if you could clarify as well like that it, uh, it still lets natural light through this doesn't block natural light or anything at all does it
1: yeah, yeah, correct. So, so some of the harder coats blocked out a bit. Uh, the the new soft coats, you actually look that look at them, and it looks like clear glass. You could sometimes see some, you know, pink or blue tinges on the hard coats, but the soft coats. And I've got some at home. Looking through the glass, it's like looking through a clear window. So yeah, still heaps of light come through.
0: I suppose maybe if, if you could just extending on that, maybe just touch on some of maybe the, the benefits of, say, um, UPVC or um, some of the composite windows versus some of maybe aluminium and just the variances and the different frames in glass and glass and what those price points sort of look like with those differences?
1: Yeah, so it, I guess if you, you've got to think about when you, when you look at the performance of a window, you're not just looking at the glass. That's one part, and it's obviously a big part, um, but you've got to also look at the frame. So if you can imagine holding uh, in one hand a piece of aluminium, uh, in the other hand, a piece of timber. And if you had three hands, in the third hand, holding a piece of UPVC, uh, have your uh, gas stove going and stick those materials over the flame. So which one do you think you're going to drop first?
0: Well, it's going to be the aluminium for me.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. You will because because that is a material. It transfers a lot of uh, energy through it. So it'll get hot really quickly. Uh, so you're going to drop that one. Whereas uh, timber and UPVC, uh, the heat doesn't come through. Uh, so, so, th- so, thermally, it works much better, those materials. Uh, if you had an aluminium thermal break frame, as an example, so you've got a break between that aluminium, there'll be some type of plastic. Uh, companies have different names for it. Polyamide's one name. But what that does is actually stop the heat transfer. And I guess an example would be uh, with a standard aluminium window with double glazing. So you've got, uh, and let's say it's low E double glazing, so that's performing really well. In a colder climate, or even in a hot climate, but if you think about a cold climate uh, with a standard aluminium window and let's say you've got the heater on at 24 inside and it's uh, two degrees outside, what you're getting is a lot of cold coming through that aluminium frame and we see, well, I've seen lots of examples over the years where the glass is fine, but on the aluminium frame, uh, you've actually got to the dew point and so you've actually got lots of moisture coming off that material. I saw an example in Canberra years ago, uh, and it just had single glazed low E uh, standard aluminium frames. They were getting bucket loads of water off one sliding door every night through the winter. <laughs> it was it was amazing. So the only answer to that uh, is actually to ventilate the house, so open the window up, and that's not necessarily what we want to do when it's freezing cold outside. <laughs>
0: So what about price point for those different types?
1: You know, the, the cheapest window has always been in Australia just a basic standard aluminium slider with clear glass. But, we're, you know, we're sort of beyond that here, certainly in the colder climates. They're still using some of that in the warmer climates. Uh, so that's the lowest price point. But once you want to upgrade and get to better performing products you know your, your timber and your upvc will be you know roughly the same as a performance window yeah. uh, cost wise uh, i think your um, your thermally broken aluminium takes a, a jump above that not massive but it'll be a bit more expensive uh and then you you go to your composite products so your real high-end stuff are uh are your, like aluminium clad timber that are you know, engineered and designed and uh, European-type design products, you know, they're, they're right up there. For those listening, would you be able to
0: sort of maybe provide some some definitions for U-value and uh, solar heat gain coefficient? Um, and there's also, I suppose, the air infiltration as well and um, TMW. And maybe, yeah, you could just provide a bit of a definition for those sort of those terminology. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so uh, I'll will give a, a technical and one I just use with people. So so U value, if you think about um, uh, when you think about U value, so it's the insulation performance of the system, and so if you've got a t- difference in temperature inside to out, uh, the cold's always going to the warm side. Okay, so if you go up and touch a single glazed window when it's warm inside and cold outside, that window is cold. And so it's a measure of that. If you went and touched a double glazed uh, low E product, it won't be any, it'll be more like the temperature inside the house rather than the outside. So it's about that that transfer. So uh, window products and glass products um, react thermally in two ways. So one is the difference in temperature inside to out. Uh, and for a, um, I guess the, the technical side, it's, it's just a measure of the rate of non-solar heat loss or gain through the whole assembly. And you got to keep in mind the lower... This is not like r values; so it's the inverse. The lower the U-value is, the greater the resistance uh, to the heat flow and the better the insulating value. So, so when you're purchasing windows, the lower the U-value... No matter where you are, the lower the U-value you can afford, uh, go for it. Get the best you can. And as, as an example of numbers, you know, the U-value of an aluminium single-glazed uh, window will be somewhere between, you know, 5.5 and 6.5. Uh, and if you looked at a UPVC window with uh, double-glazed low E in it, the U value will be between, you know, 1.6 and 1.9. So that's, that's a massive difference yeah, in performance. Uh, solar heat gain coefficient, so this is the second way uh, that um, that they react thermally. So we're actually talking, and I don't know whether you, either of you guys have been in Canberra on a uh, sunny winter's day where it's like minus one outside.
0: Yes. Uh, it's <laughs>
1: freezing, right? But if you're standing next to a uh, just a piece of clear glass and the sun's shining on that glass, you will get really hot. So we're talking about the energy from the sun Uh, coming through the window. So this is the second way they act thermally. So the solar heat gain coefficient is the measure of how much this is letting through. So it's a a number of between, you know, zero to one. And as an example, a piece of clear glass has a solar heat gain coefficient of 0.67. So so when that sun's hitting that piece of glass, it's 67% of that energy Mm -hmm. is coming straight inside. So that, that could be a good thing, obviously, if you're in a colder climate and it's winter and good north elevation and you're actually generating heat within the house. Uh, but if you're trying to keep it out, it's not a good thing. So think of a, uh, a west elevation in the afternoon on a hot day and you've got 67% of that energy coming in from the sun. It's really unpleasant. Yeah. So if you went to a... Uh, say, the current soft coat low E's that are being used, they have a solar heat gain coefficient of um, a, or our, our window system, the UPVC window with that low E, has a uh, solar heat gain coefficient of 0.38. So instead of 67%, it's letting 38% through. Uh, and that is a massive difference in, in how it feels and the performance yeah. of the window. Uh, visible light transmittance, We do, I mean, we don't look at it a lot. Uh, but what you've got to think about, because if you're trying to block out that heat coming in, uh, you can get some really high-performing products that are down to, you know, a solar heat gain coefficient of 0.2. And you think, well, that's the glass I want. That's only letting 20% in. But that glass might be like a, uh, a really, really dark grey. Uh, and all of a sudden, when you've put it in, the light, and we're trying to get free light into the house. You don't want to have to turn your lights on day and night. Um, the light that comes through those sorts of products uh, is, is minimal compared to uh, something with a higher, well, that's the measure of the visible light transmission. So that's, that's again, uh, zero to one. And so the closer you get to the one, the higher the, uh, the amount of light, natural light, that you're getting into yeah. the building. So that's where the low-E products are really good compared to some of the tints. Although there's some high-performance tints that still have a visible light transmittance but cut out a, a lot of that solar heat gain. So things like, um, you know, there's high-performance greens. They're one of the best performing. So they'll uh, have a solar heat gain coefficient of about, you know, probably point three eight, point four. 0.4, uh, but the visible light transmittance is not that far below uh, a clear of 0.67. Yeah. So you're still getting lots of light. So so that's when you'd look at it and think about it. The other one you mentioned, Anthony, was air infiltration? Yes, so when you're thinking about a window system uh, and how it's performing, obviously if you've got lots of air coming through, you, you're letting in the hot of the cold. So so the lower uh, that leakage amount is, is the better. So so they express the number of liters per second per square meter of window. Uh, there's some some minimums you have to have. So so three is the number for. Uh, unconditioned buildings so it's allowed to let three litres per second per square metre come through that's that's sorry not minimum that's the maximum it's allowed Mm -hmm. is that three it might be five it's one or the other I can't think of it off the top of my head Uh, and for a conditioned building so you know maybe a hotel room or something like that that's always air-conditioned or you know any commercial building that number is actually one. Thank you for listening to the Outlier Podcast.
0: You can find helpful links and contact information regarding this episode in our show notes and on our website, outlierstudio.com.au forward slash podcast. If you like our show, please leave a review and make sure you subscribe to never miss a new episode. If you have further questions for us or would want to share some additional feedback, please feel free to DM us on Instagram or Facebook. Until next time on the Outlier Podcast.